The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's a Thursday here on the Blogging the Boys podcast network, and of course that means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with your man Tom Ryle and your boy Roy White at RW3 on Twitter. You can follow him at Tom Ryle, BTB, Ryle with a Y on Twitter as well to hit us up and uh, give us your thoughts about what the Cowboys offseason has looked like for you so far. The Cowboys making some moves this week, Tom, at least uh, shoring up their secondary as they officially signed J. Ron Curse back to a deal uh, to bring him back about five, six million dollars per year. I thought really good signing and and priced really well, considering, you know, high end guys at that position can make 15, 16 million dollars a year. If you're middle of the pack or arguably right within the top five, but no one's really sure of that yet, then six to $7 million is kind of what you get. And that's what J Ron curse wound up costing the the boys. Yeah. I, I said a long time ago, I thought that was, should be one of their top priorities uh, for the, uh, for the off season uh, to get, to get him re-signed. And uh, you know, the, the guy I had probably definitely ahead of him was Randy Gregory. So at least I'm glad they got J Ron, you know, uh, I think he's just instrumental to the defense under Dan Quinn. And, uh, uh, you know, he was, he wore the green dot. He is their on field uh, quarterback for the defense. So, yeah, I was really glad to see they got that done and didn't mess it up. And as, uh, was mentioned, uh, Trey Boston believed he was going to be, go to the Panthers. He thought the Panthers were talking to him which may be what the delay was. So maybe that really wasn't Stephen Jones's fault completely that uh, Curse wanted to find out what was out there. And, and then the, the, the approach for the Cowboys is apparently they're going to let guys hit free agency, see if there's an offer out there with the understanding that they want to have a chance to meet that or exceed that offer and keep the player, which I think may have been what happened here. So that could explain why that drug out a little bit longer. Well, it does look like the curse deal has hit the, the, the waves of the internet as cap websites have begun to update their numbers. 
prior to that signing being made official, the Cowboys had about $23 million in cap space. Now, as we record this podcast, it looks like they're at about $17 million, but that still leaves some wiggle room, Tom. That still leaves, leaves an opportunity for the Cowboys to, to make some improvements, add some players that are still out there. I think we're officially past the first wave of free agency. Yeah. Have we gotten past the first wave of free agency? Is wave one over with? Yeah, I pretty much think so. It's uh, It's been surprising that the big news today has been the trade. Uh, Tyreek Hill going to the Dolphins. I mean, I did not see that one coming at all, which is kind of it's, it kind of makes you wonder because first off, that went from nobody knew anything at all about it to they had finished the deal up, the Kansas City finished the deal up with the Dolphins like in about six hours. And I, you know, all I could think about was how that could never happen in Dallas. There is no way something like that could develop because it sounded like Hill wanted out because of some kind of conflict with his offensive coordinator. He was unhappy about his uses or something. And in Dallas, that would have been getting airplay on the radio stations from Stephen Jones uh, six, seven weeks ago. You know, it's just amazing how some teams can actually conduct business in a professional way and not air their dirty laundry for everybody to see. That was that's what struck me about it. Wow. Okay. Uh, so the- you found a comparison. You, you found a parallel to the Cowboys and how they do business in that side of it. Right. Yeah. Uh, just in, in the way that they were able to keep that quiet and then get a deal done so quickly, basically underneath everyone's noses. Right. Yes. Uh, the way I saw the Cowboys parallel to that deal was wait, the chiefs traded their number one wide receiver and got a first, a second, a fourth this year, and two picks in 2023. And the Cowboys traded their number one wide receiver and got a pocket of that. <laughs> they got a, I don't think they got hardly anything. I was going to say, does uh, that I, even I, qualify as a quarter of what yeah, they got? No. Draft uh, picks. They got for Tyreek Hill and they signed him to a $30 million a year deal. Yeah. There's, there's a couple things there. Uh, The fact that nobody actually was willing to trade with them uh, says that, you know, maybe he's not seen as well as some of the other uh, wide receiver ones are. But I also think that, you know, the Cowboys definitely undercut themselves by, you know, Stephen Jones back almost as soon as the offseason started was saying how they were going to have to clear some cat space and, oh, that may mean Amari Cooper can't stay around. Well, yeah, okay, let's just telegraph your move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah, so- I'm up for peanuts. For those that don't remember, uh, they – I believe they received a fifth and they gave up Amari in a sixth. Is that yeah, correct? Does that was, sound right? 
Yeah, somebody said it was just like a handful of draft spaces back. Yeah, <laughs> that they they wound up moving yeah. to, to get Amari, which was yeah, yeah uh, marketing at its finest, I guess. Uh, but well, yeah, look, I, I beyond that, let, let's look, let's look at what we can do to potentially replace that because he's gone. Amari Cooper's gone. We know that. And we know the Cowboys are still looking to improve this offseason. At least we hope. I hope. And so I look at the list of guys that are still available out there, Tom. And I wanted to have some fun with you, do a little rapid-fire session. On a scale of one to five, what is the likelihood of these remaining free agents winding up with the Cowboys, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll start with a couple of names. I mean, names that most people in general will be familiar with. Still, some of the top names – in free agency. And this is why I ask if the first wave is actually over because there's guys like safety Tyron Matthew still out there and available mm-hmm. and a player that's been previously linked to the Cowboys on a scale of one to five. What is the likelihood that the Cowboys wind up signing a Tyron Matthew and adding that type of talent? One. Okay. One to five, five's the most likely one's the least likely. You say one. one. Yeah. Okay. Because he's he's an established talent who probably has a market out there. He's a one. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, not necessarily a player I would consider the Cowboys necessarily would be winning a bidding war on, and I expect him to have a bidding war. So I'll give you that. Um, how about another name the Cowboys have been associated with? The Cowboys reportedly have interest in Jason Pierre-Paul, former Giant, of course, probably more infamous, more so for the accident that occurred on July 4th where he blew off a finger than he is for his play on the field, although he has been exceptional at times and is a former Super Bowl winner uh, multiple times, I believe, there with the Giants and with the uh, with the Buccaneers. Yeah, that's the one. Hey, I think I think he the there's still a belief he's got a good bit left in his tank, so somebody's gonna pay him more than Stephen Jones will. Okay. Two ones. All right, solid. Um let's try another name, perhaps. All right. And even a different position. How about offensive tackle Dwayne Brown? Terrence Steele is somewhat unproven. Of course, the Cowboys are gonna get some cap savings when they let Lyle Collins go and, and hit that June 1st date. I don't know if Dwayne Brown's going to be a lot around for that long, but he is a tackle, traditionally a left tackle, but even still you kind of hope these guys can make that transition. It may not be a guy that's well sought after this offseason. Is that a player that the Cowboys consider? One to five likelihood the Cowboys add in Dwayne Brown. Okay. Do you, do you see him as a contender for the starting position? If he came in, would he be open up a, a real competition there? I do with, with steel, if he's willing to move to right tackle, right? I mean, I, of course I'm willing to open the conversation about whether or not Tyron yeah. Smith's willing to move to left, move, move to right tackle himself. But I think Tyron Smith is better than Dwayne Brown at left tackle. So I'll ask Dwayne to move to right. So you think you think Brown would pretty much be a walk-in starter? I do. I think something. he'd be a walk-in starter. One. Okay. All right. Stop for a second. Wait. We've gone through three guys that I think I, I think are somewhat realistic options for the Cowboys, right? I think these are guys that you could potentially say, 
Yes, the Cowboys would have interested them and would have value in them, but you've given them all ones in terms of your confidence level as to why the Cowboys would sign them. I think the, like, I would go at least a two or a three on JPP. Yeah, but see, that's how they've got you drinking the Kool-Aid again. The Cowboys are not going to go for anybody except kind of bottom of the barrel types. I mean, look at why? The two... Why not, Tom? They have seventeen million dollars in cap space. Yeah, but mm, using like that them, seven. But... Yeah, using that seventeen million, there's still. I think four or five contracts that we don't know what their, their amount is. And that's not counting Jer- Jeremy Sprinkle, who's going to be peanuts. Uh, they've still got more contracts they have to account for. There was rumor coming out that they're about to sign a kicker, which, you know, kicker's small, but the way it was being talked about, yeah, it's going to be somebody that we are familiar with and unhappy to see come back. Uh, there's, there's just that cap space they have is going to get nickeled and dimed down. And I think they still need to come up with another five or six free agents just to get them into training or get them to the draft so that they don't have positions they're forced to sign and they're going to have be constrained, excuse me, constrained under Stephen Jones to get those guys for one or 2 million a piece, that kind of players. And I don't think the pro- the problem is almost anybody you have listed as someone the Cowboys should go after is more expensive than that. And, it's been several years now when Stephen Jones has basically declared, yeah, I ain't going to do that. And given the large number of their own players they are resigning, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. It literally just, sounds like you're saying that they, they don't have the money we think they do, number one. It's not that much. It's not this – everybody thinks they've got a lot – and until – until Collins's numbers hit the books in June, they're I think they're tight. Yeah, they get another the ten million. Then, if they do go out and sign someone that's that's you know just a five or six million dollar initial cap hit or like a one year deal, and they have to pay six seven million, that's going to happen when they hit the summer and see who's out there who is going to take maybe less than they had hoped to get. That's where they might get someone, but they also might just not get anyone like that at all. I think they're pretty much done except for just those pure. Okay. Here's a guy who at least is an NFL veteran who can go out there and fill a space on the field or maybe be deaf. Man, and that—that's just—and I'm doing this because that's that dark, Tom. That's dark. I know it's dark, but it's what I've seen happen for several years now. And people get their hopes up. I mean, we were all excited about Bobby Wagner, 
didn't happen. You know, everyone was talking about, oh, this guy's available. Wouldn't it be great? Uh, Zadarius Smith didn't happen. You know, it's just that ha- that's the pattern. Uh, the Cowboys, especially this season, really like their guys. And Stephen Jones is doubling down on his, I ain't going to pay people a lot of money to come in from some other organization. And I just, I'm, I'm taking them by their acts. They've done it. And I think they're going to do it again. By the way, you mentioned Bobby Wagner visiting with the Los Angeles Rams, the world champion, Los Angeles Rams. Um, the Cowboys reportedly not interested in Bobby yeah. Wagner. Because they'd have, well, they literally would have to go out and start generating more cap space if they were to get into that kind of business. But the cap like isn't said, real, Tom. The cap isn't real. It's only real if you think it's real. And <laughs> Stephen Jones thinks it's real. So that's, you know, it's, there's, uh, I can't, you know, that's just one of those things, you know, if you, if you believe hard enough in something, it's re, it's going to happen. Well, Stephen Jones believes that the cap space is real and it's just, I, I just, it's, what can I say? I've been burned before and I'm not going to get my hopes up for anyone. I'm just going to wait. Maybe I'll get pleasantly surprised, but I don't think it's ever going to be big surprise. I'll be a little surprised, but they're not going to sign. They're not going to sign a, a name free agent, even if it's a second or third tier name. It's going to be those guys. It's going to be somebody that you barely know about, or who's coming off an injury, or you know who was a first round draft pick bust that the Cowboys think they can fix with their coaching staff. Jadavion Clowney. How fix much him. is he going to demand? If they. If they if they can get him for like one point seven five million or one year deal, yeah, sign him up. That's what it's gonna take. Okay, I was gonna say, let me then put a, a number value on it, right? If this said free agent costs four million dollars, are the Cowboys in or out? I, I to be honest, I don't know if they look at Clowney as being good enough for even four million dollars. That's insane. If you can get Davion Clowney for four million dollars, Tom, come on. That's yeah, absurd. but they can get they can get three scrubs for that much. Come on. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair, I, man. I, I mean, I can't I argue will, with it. And I will admit I'm the harbinger of doom. But you are. Yeah, I, but let me flip that around. I'm kind of pleasantly surprised by what they've done once they kind of got backed into a corner when Randy Gregory fell through. You know, if you look at the subsequent moves they've made, you know, first off, they went ahead and got curse signed. Uh, you know, they pulled in Fowler. They, they've got Washington at wide receiver who's uh, an interesting kind of prospect to maybe work on. Um, and I, I'm not too sure they're a little better off if than if they had gotten the deal done with Gregory. Uh, but, you know, I don't know how far they could have kept his cap hit down this year. So, 
Uh, they may still be able to do those things, but, you know, I think since then, it's kind of looked up a little bit. They've actually been doing some, what I consider rational moves. Uh, and I put J Ron curse at the top of that list. Um, so, you know, and some things I'm not too sure about, but, you know, even Leighton Vandrish, bringing him back, look at how much money they saved over if they'd given him his fifth-year option because they're getting him dirt cheap now. Yeah. And that was, that was kind of, like I said, that was one where they kind of won because they tripped and landed on the right spot, you know. All right, hold on. Now you're going to start praising Catboy, and I'm just not – I'm not going to have that. I'm not going to be here for yeah, that I don't, right now. Yeah, I don't – and I don't see that as praising him uh, as much as it just kind of happened to work out. It's kind of like last year when they hit on a whole bunch of really good free agents, you know, like Carlos – Watkins, who was another guy that they brought back on a one-year, very inexpensive deal, apparently. Um, that was luck. That wasn't planning, foresight, skill, and, and great management. It was luck. And I think they are lucky into some stuff again this year. Um, or hoping I'm, to. Hoping to luck yeah, into some stuff. I do, th- you know, I do believe they need to be more open-minded about free agency. Uh, obviously, there are ways to get there because we've seen, you know, the Rams are able apparently to sign anybody they want at any time to any, at any position. No matter what their cap situation is today, they're going to find the space. And frankly, the Cowboys could easily come up with uh, doing some quick math in my head, they could come up with 22 million in cap space right now if they wanted to. However, you wouldn't like how they do it. Mm. You want to hear that is? Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Extend Zeke. Uh, yeah, extend him or restructure Zeke, extend and restructure Tyron Smith, and cut Anthony Brown. You know, two I contracts. Third. I could do the third. 
The third one could be done, although now they've got to figure out what they're going to what, what they've got at cornerback and whether where they need to expend other resources. But that's where they might be able to get somebody in the draft there, and you know they they may bank on you know being able to use uh, 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 gosh I hate when I, my mind goes blank for a minute use Jordan Lewis to 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 fill in there. Hmm. So, you know, and, and they're banking on Kelvin Joseph being the starter in Brown's place. Could That's, just be cool and sign Stefan Gilmore and have a good time. Okay, see my previous comments. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> okay. So if we're not going to be able to sign any free agents, right? If we're not going to be able to sign any players that are going to make a difference on this team, yeah. then why don't we instead take a look at what the 22 starting unit will look like now obviously there's going to be different packages involved specifically defensively but offensively i mean not much has changed i mean there's every yeah. reason to think that offensively they could absolutely produce the same way that they did in 2021 which was amongst the best offensive units in the nfl no matter what statistical analysis that you use so at quarterback number four no question about it. At running back, presumably starting, will be Ezekiel Elliott, although Tony Pollard's a a 1B in my mind at this point and really is probably the 1A in a 1A, 1B conversation, but we all know how that goes when it comes to the now, way the Cowboys handle the running back duties. I will differ a little bit. I am cautious about having Pollard be the guy that carries two thirds oh. of the, the, the touches that are running back. Um, I, I just don't think you want to pound him that way. Uh, Elliot. Now he had the injury and, and let's face it. I think if he hadn't collided with that pylon last season, he probably would have been more like a 13, 1400 yard season uh and i think that really hampered him and i'm hoping if he comes back healthy he can be more like that and so i'm not uncomfortable with elliot as the starter uh but i i think it's a year they have to evaluate it where he really is uh and i don't know if they're i don't know if given the strange affection they have for him that they're going to ever evaluate him honestly. So, uh, but I don't have a problem with him as your your RB one going in. Yeah, you said it kind of as a like a two to one split, and I actually see it more as a drive to drive split. You get a drive, and then Tony gets a drive. And if Tony's drives look better as the games go on, then I'm going to keep Tony in there. Yeah, but. I don't see it as necessarily a Zeke for first and second down and Tony on for third down, right? It's kind of a yeah. let, let the rhythm let the rhythm take control. That's not the lyric, but you know what I mean. Um, well, that's how they that's really kind of how they've used them. It's just been a two one ratio. Two Zeke, two drives for Zeke, a drive for Tony. Agreed. And it needs to be a one to one. It has been a two to one. And it needs to be a one to one because again, if you're 
going off a rhythm, there's been plenty of times where we've seen where Tony Pollard's been in a rhythm and in they've brought Ezekiel Elliott and things have slowed down to a crawl. So, but again, those, those positions pretty much locked up starting tight end. Number one, that's Dalton Schultz. That's well-established starting wide receiver. Number one, CD lamb, no question about it, especially with Amari Cooper being out in uh, to Cleveland. Now, whether or not Michael Gallup's going to be ready to start as wide receiver number two is a question mark. But for now, I'm penciling him as in it and ready to go at the beginning of the season. Is James Washington your number three? No, I would say I expect them to uh, go with maybe a day two draft pick as their wide receiver three, uh, with Washington being more in the Cedric Wilson role as far as usage. He will play a part. His, he may be a little bit different because he's got that speed to take the top off. So they may get a little bit more usage out of him in that. But I think that they're, you know, they're probably thinking about he's going to have to be filling in as a wide receiver three while a draft pick becomes a wide receiver two until Gallup's back. But I still see that Wash. I still think Washington's going to wind up fourth in the picking order. So I think there's going to be a draft pick that's going to play into the wide receiver rotation as a starter. That's I me. tend to agree with that. I mean, I think Washington has number two wide receiver upside. So I think he can potentially be that. It's just, you know, a lot of it is going to rely heavily on CeeDee Lamb. And that in and of itself is a conversation, I guess, for another pod, because that one scares me. Um, relying on him that heavily, knowing how consistently it seemed like those drops behind the line of scrimmage were on some of those screen passes, on some of those big plays where you needed him, on some of those games in which he felt like he disappeared. I felt like he had somewhat of a down season for what was a clear number one wide receiver year for him in this offense. But nevertheless, uh, I think James Washington has some of that upside. Of course, Semi Fahoko um, is a name that people will have an eye on because they just drafted him last season. Never really showed out in 2021, but a name that people will remember. And then Noah Brown, who they brought back, probably not the four, right? He was the five last year and that seems to be a, a role that he's comfortable with because he's also a special teams ace. So I think they'll yeah, still they'll have Yeah, they'll probably be in the uh, part of the, the the what I expect to be a five wide receiver group uh, while they're sorting out Gallup. Uh, and then maybe one of them will have to step back and maybe go to the practice squad. Indeed. Well, let's get to the interesting sp- spot, though, on the offense, right? It's not in the glamour positions. It's in the trenches. And, of course, we know Tyron Smith, Zach Martin, Tyler Biotish, all the names that you've become familiar with and names you expect to be exactly where they were in 2021. But the other spots, Connor McGovern, Terrence Steele, have the inside tracks. Might they be replaced before the regular season begins? Uh, I think they're going to try to roll with Terrence Steele, and if any, if they bring in anyone at tackle, it will be to look at him at swing tackle because right now, that would be uh, it would be either Josh Ball or Isaac Alarcon Alarcon, 
uh, neither of which you really know anything about as far as their ability to play. You know, and I have I have my issues about Josh Ball, but we'll leave that as a topic that we probably shouldn't get into here. I think what about Matt Farniok? You forgot about Farniok. Uh, well, he, I, I, I think they were trying to groom him as a center backup. Uh, I don't know if he'd be willing to move in at guard, and you know he's still awfully, you know, awfully raw. He's a seventh round draft pick. Uh, he did get some snaps, but you know it just was very little experience. What I'm looking at is. I think they're going to try to draft a starting left guard. I think that's going to be what their initial plan at 24 is. So that's the big position we're going to address in the draft. And and they have plenty of options there. I mean, obviously the Cowboys like to play it in a way where they're not forced to take any particular Mm -hmm. position in any particular spot, but, and, and frankly, if they don't get him at 24, I think, unfortunately, the team's perfectly prepared to roll with Connor McGovern to start the season out. Uh, I don't like the idea, but I think the team is happier about that than I am. But I think if they get the right player, uh, you know, maybe Kenyon Green, depending on what you think about him, uh, you know, maybe one of the other guys. But it has to be a guard. It has to be somebody that's got guard experience. It can't be Linderbaum because he's just a center. I don't think they'd be willing to take a risk on him. Well, they can always but give yeah. Joe Looney a call, right, in case they need a backup guard. Somewhere. Oh, heck, I can just stick their head out the door because he's always around the star. <laughs> well, uh, now they'll be – you know, that's a position that – actually, I do think the Cowboys can kind of roll late on – because it's one that's undervalued in the NFL, right? One of those positions that teams kind of don't look at that often in terms of making a major impact. And we obviously know what an impact it had for the Dallas Cowboys in 2021, but that's a position that could potentially still have guys dangling out there that you might want to add that the Cowboys might want to add on, on those low level deals, um, those vet minimums, and things of that nature that they love to sign guys on at this point in the draft. So well, or if, at this if, point if, in, if, in the offseason. If it was me, that would be my real priority for the remainder of free agency to see what I could come up with at guard, because I want somebody to compete with the governor. You know, uh, that's. Is that the number one offensive or, or not offensive off season? free agency priority right now you think in the Cowboys minds remaining yeah remaining to be done to me that is uh, okay. I think the other ones can be you know I think they're as we'll go we'll see I don't think they're in really bad shape elsewhere but you know we've got the offense covered let's bounce uh, then to the defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. defensive line right starting mm-hmm. defensive ends Tank Lawrence on one side Dante Fowler on the other uh I think it's a pretty open competition opposite opposite D Law. I think Dorrance Armstrong um, might sneak in there. He he would kind of be the guy I think I might take a take a flyer on winning the starting role. Uh Terrell Basham started at times opposite Demarcus Lawrence, and I don't think he was terrible. So they've got options there. Uh I think that's just gonna be that's probably gonna have to be something they work out in camp. 
And they have to figure out who's the guy that goes in and subs in for D-Law when he needs a breather. And then who's the guy that's, that's primarily carrying the load opposite him and what's the rotation there. So I think DeMarcus Lawrence is your starting left defensive end. And I just think the starting right defensive end is to be determined, but they've got options there. So, you know, I'm not real worried about that. I think that'll work itself out in camp. Well, if they're really willing to make it an open competition, right? If they're not going to play what typically has felt like the Cowboys way of thinking, which is, Hey, you know, if you're getting paid the most, you're getting played the most, but Mm -hmm. In this case, if this is truly an open competition, then another name to keep an eye on is Chauncey Goldston, uh, who the Cowboys kind of saw some flashes of late in the season last year. And yeah. for a defensive line that outside of Tank Lawrence really is is a bunch of names that are unestablished. Um, mm-hmm. If they make it an open competition, I mean, it's anybody's contest. And Chauncey Goldston, at 24 years old, has a chance to kind of take the reins of that position and maybe become that guy. Now, the other option potentially, of course, for the Cowboys is that they just move Micah Parsons into that role as a pass rusher full-time, but we'll see yeah, that, how that shakes out. If we look at, have a, yeah, I was going to say Parsons is kind of a cheat there because we still don't know if they're going to use him primarily as a pass rusher. Or if he's you know still going to kind of be they going shouldn't. back and forth. They shouldn't. Yeah. Keep, you know why? Him- because if you don't, then you might not have to pay him like a full-time pass rusher. <laughs> okay, and if you get him for that- anything less than what full-time pass rushers are paid in today's NFL, you are stealing from the man. And now you're that's- a very happy franchise. Oh, look at you channeling your inner Stephen Jones there, because that's how he thinks is that that kind of stuff. It is how uh, he thinks, yeah. and this is actually one instance in which if that's the way they're playing it, that's a smart-ass move. Yeah. Um, I I prefer to see Parsons still playing as a linebacker some so that they don't always automatically know he's rushing the passer. So that may that adds that uncertainty confusion to him. I like that idea. but uh, So uh, in the interior of the defensive line, so the uh, names here, I mean, it's anybody's game here. Neville yeah. Gallimore, Tristan Hill, yeah. Quinn Bohana, Ozio Digizua, Brent Urban, who could potentially come back. At least he's been talked about as a name that could I wish come, they would come back. Carlos Watkins, of course, as well. So yeah, I would I would start uh I would start Gallimore and Watkins uh for week one and then see if because I, I think there's going to be a, a lot of rotation, mixing and matching. You know, uh, maybe Quentin Bohanna will grow into a real true nose tackle type of guy. Maybe he will show he can handle the starting role there, but I don't think he's going to be ready at the start of the season. So Watkins, I think, fills that role next to Gallimore, which is where they lined up with that as their starting combo several times last season. Mm-hmm. Well, give me Galmore and Odigizua just as from a size perspective. I just like having that type of size on the interior, especially if you're going to go speed on the outside. And, um, yeah, you know, the Cowboys could go a long way to improving their rushing defense, to improving kind of the 
pressure that they deliver up the middle against quarterbacks. And in today's NFL, I hate to like keep using that cliche, but gosh, it seems like disrupting guys from the middle is kind of the only way to get it done these days. Yeah, you can disrupt them from the outside, but they can also take you out of the game if you're rushing from the outside and they're savvy enough to do it. Yeah, I definitely can see a reason for having uh, Digazua and Gallimore on passing downs. I think they're a real good combination there. Uh, I'm just thinking, you know, you gotta, you've got to be able to, to be braced for the run. And I just, I just kind of like Watkins there a little bit more than Odigizua. Uh, but that could, you know, that could change easily two or three games into the season. So well, but I'm not too worried about that. Um, obviously, Micah Parsons, I mean, the one surefire, no doubt, is on the field. And we'll, we'll call him, a, you know, just an outside linebacker. At this point, I mean, they have a listed actually on rlads.com as a middle linebacker, but that's absurd. Um, so outside linebacker, Leighton Vander the second linebacker, I guess, penciled in for now as the starter. Is that one that they could potentially address in the draft as well as a player they could target as a starter? Or, or is Jabril Cox in contention to maybe be the starter opposite Michael Parsons? I don't personally think he's ready for that yet. Yeah, and my question is, if you're not using Michael Parsons as a linebacker, who is your middle linebacker? And, yeah, I ain't sure. So I think this could be someone they, 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 they're looking at. Uh, maybe rounds three or four might be when they're, they're shopping for a linebacker. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see if another linebacker uh, a name that's not on the team right now uh, could actually be contending for a starter, uh, especially if Parsons were to start as a, uh, a defensive end. So it's a lot of moving parts here. Well, and they're, Anthony they're Barr is to- a name I would love, but I know because he's a name you've heard of, you don't think he's a real possibility. Yeah. I, I would have to find now once again, What's his market? Because I don't have a good feel for his market. And he'd been around for a while. It's 34 years old. Yeah. So check back in two or three weeks and see if they, if he's still floating around out there, his price could come down to the fact that the Cowboys might pull a trigger on him, but it's going to have to be down there. Uh, you know, excuse me. I like, had that wrong. He's only, he's only 30. He's only 30 years okay. old. Okay. Well, that's that's still kind of getting up there in linebacker years, but uh, once again, it depends on if he doesn't get picked up somewhere else. I think they're gonna he'd have to be passed over a time or two, I think, before the Cowboys would get it because then he'd be willing to talk to them about their price. So I think we're in a two starting linebacker, you know, situation. It's Micah and Layton, which means yeah. we got five defensive backs on the field in this scenario. So Trayvon Diggs obviously is one of them. I agree with you from what you said earlier that Kelvin Joseph is probably on the opposite end. And then maybe it's a combination of Barr or Jordan Lewis, right? You mean Brown? Brown, 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 Brown. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, And I, you know, I don't know how Joseph might play in the slot. And it's also complicated by the fact that that curse, if you're 
if you're looking at the the slot nickel uh, as a guy who would are the slot corner slot nickel. If you're looking at the slot corner as a guy who would carry a tight end, then that's where Curse is going to actually, I think, play a role. Curse is kind of a hybrid in the fact that he sometimes is more of a linebacker than he is really a safety, at least the way he's used. I think Dan Quinn used him. So another one, that's another moving part that kind of, makes things a little hard when you're really talking about who you're starting lineup. Because I see the Cowboys as having a, a – their starters could change a lot each week if they're doing it smart. I mean, that's how that's how Belichick has done it for years. He just rolls out his starting lineup based on the – based up on the matchup this this week outside of the, you know, the, the, the key players. You know, you can't do much with your offensive line. You know, you know your cornerbacks, your quarterbacks going to be, but defense he usually would would mix and match. And Curse, I think, is kind of a mix and match guy that lets you maybe get away with not having to expend a lot of resources on bringing in another linebacker. Uh, you know, but that I think, yeah, I think they've got they've got a pretty solid, I think, uh, top four cornerbacks right now, assuming they don't part ways with one of them, like you said, in case they needed to get more cap space. And uh, maybe Nation Wright is going to develop into something. He certainly flashed a few things uh, last year, uh, although not certainly as a cornerback. Uh, you know, but uh, uh, I think they're going to definitely want to take a look at what he can be growing into. Uh which takes us to safety, and we know Curse is back, which is great. Uh, you got Malik Hooker back, which I think was a smart sign. Okay, Malik, Malik, or Malik? I probably, I probably is it? said that. Okay. Right. Yeah. I, sorry. Malik but, or uh, Malik? I had heard Malik. Malik Hooker. Oh, Malik. Yeah, probably Malik Hooker. Okay, yeah, Malik Hooker. Okay. No, I wasn't yeah. trying to like correct you. I mean, I was honestly asking there. I'm sure. Yeah, that's 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 when I'm sitting there. Sometimes when I read stuff, I don't the sounds don't come right when sure. I'm reading it off the page. And and you got Donovan Wilson. So I think uh I think they're they've got you know three good safeties and they're they're banking on uh Israel Mukwamu uh or Mukwamu depending quite that that one that one's a subtle thing you know what you just did tom we just went through the top 22 a couple weeks ago i told you you get sucked just like me and you're gonna get sucked just like me because you filled out a 22-man roster right now with what they already have right the only position Mm -hmm. that you effectively said that needs to be upgraded through the draft is potentially either guard or maybe the number three wide receiver spot. But outside yeah. of that, it's not inconceivable to basically say they're bringing the band back. That's largely what, I mean, just look at it. Uh, uh, RJ Ochoa has a nice little chart, and there's this long column of players that, of their own that they have resigned. And two outside free agents. 
And that's just the way the Cowboys play the game. Now they're going to, I still think they're going to fill in. Like I said, they've got to, they're just going to plug some holes. Uh, I just don't expect there's going to be anything. There's, there's not going to be a free agent sign that's going to make us go, oh, yeah, we got one. No, it's going to be like, okay, I hope he makes it out of camp. <laughs> that's going to be it. <laughs> well, if you look at the highest price signings over the Cowboys last decade, as we detailed them a week ago, that's actually more likely the case is that the player yeah. doesn't make it out of camp. Three of the highest priced per year players that the Cowboys signed from outside of the organization three over the last 10 years did not make it to the first week of the NFL season. And of course, only two of those players in the last 10 years were signed for over $7 million per right in Greg Hardy and Brandon Carr. So I think at that, uh, gosh, well, Tom, I'm still going to ride the second wave of NFL free agency. I'm still going to hold out hope that the Cowboys will find a way to maneuver some money around to make some moves and to get me excited with a signing this offseason. But even if they don't, I think we've done a decent job of uh, kind of showcasing what they've got even up yeah. their sleeve at this point. Are you satisfied with it? I'm, I guess I'm trying to reach a level of acceptance. Okay. So that doesn't, think, that's not sold. That's not sold. Yeah. I, 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 I think I would love to have seen them at least gone after one player. And I will admit Bobby Wagner would have been a great guy to go after if they were you know, to say, okay, we're going to spend on one outside free agent. He would have been a great one to do it, but I never had my hopes up that they were going to do it because I just didn't see him. I didn't see them changing their approach that much. No, it's not what they do. They leave the talking to the heads, right? Leave the uh, media folks, the radio folks, the, the people that follow the Cowboys to get excited about what they could do. But ultimately, if you follow the team closely enough, you know what they will do is vastly different than what is potentially reportedly on their horizon. So another another reason, Tom, to stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we will continue to be riled up on the Cowboys every Thursday here on the Blog of the Boys Podcast Network. For Tom, at Tom Ryle, BTB on Twitter. I'm Roy, at RW3 on Twitter as well. Hit us up. Let us know what you think of the Cowboys moves, what you think they might do with their free agency money. And of course, follow all the great content at bloggingtheboys.com. Stay riled up on the Cowboys and we will see you next week.